Hello, welcome back to Exposure Ninja Podcast Extra with myself, Jess Percival, the wonderful Tim Cameron Kitchen, and the fabulous Nick Tugsford. Nick is joining us today to talk about PPC, as she is our head of PPC at Exposure Ninja. Welcome to the podcast, both of you. Very exciting to have you here. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. Nick's been in all sorts of areas of Exposure Ninja. So she, Exposure Ninja, I've, I've called whatever you've got, Jess. So I feel like, yeah, Nick's a, Nick's a very great all-round marketer and her uh, sort of recent foray into, well, recent, her foray into PPC has been, um, yeah, it's amazing to see her bring her expertise into a new area. So loving this and looking forward to today. Cool. Yeah. Hey, you're looking forward to it as well nick and of course as always if you're listening to this podcast live and you have any questions please feel free to leave them in the comments on youtube or linkedin or wherever you're watching we'll be able to see them all so i think we're going to start by talking about performance max which is an element of google ads that kind of came in this year and i think people are a little bit wary of it because it seems to take the reins a lot but also you have to set it up right to be able to get it to work We'll probably end up calling it Pmax for most of this call, by the way, because Performance Max is a bit of a mouthful. Nick, I would love to know just some of your thoughts about Performance Max. What's so good about it? What kind of reservations do people have and yourself have? Just just share a bit of info. We'd love to know. Yeah, so um, Performance Max, we've been using Exposure Ninja for quite a while now. Um, I think that from our perspective, what we found with Performance Max is that you can really um work the machine learning for your own benefit and there is the time saving element which is great because it allows you to focus on other things but it's also a way for you to do a full funnel marketing campaign in google which is just fantastic um and it's an easy way for you to do a full funnel marketing uh, campaign in google where you're not worrying okay is my youtube messaging aligned with my search messaging are my shopping ads promoting the right thing that, you know, I, I want to to show people? You can just do it all in one place. You can do it all to the right audiences and you can set up different audiences that you can work with. Um, so it's just a really, really fantastic way to, to do that. Now, there are challenges. Um, so there is not a lot of data. It's getting better. And I imagine that Google is going to continue to make it better and, and give a bit more control to the user. Um, but you have to be really smart when you're using it. So it's not really just something you can turn off and turn on and off. And I think that it can be tempting for people to think, oh, because it's automated, I can just switch it on and leave it. And I think that's a really, really good way to spend a lot of money <laughs> without knowing. Um, you know, it, it's like you know setting up the automatic subscription for something that you haven't used in three years um so you have to be patient and you have to yeah you have to really be observant with it yeah i've noticed there's quite a big sort of it feels like there's quite a big learning curve what would you say is the main differences between pmax would you say it's because you're not doing that kind of laser targeting and you do sort of have to leave it up to pmax a little bit what are you sort of finding with it yeah, so when I think the first time I looked in a PMAX campaign, um, I was really freaked out by the lack of information there. So I was used to being able to drill down into every single keyword and look at how everything was performing. 
um, you know, look at all of the ad copy and just the, the whole, the interface is different and the way you look at it. And at first glance, you think, God, there's nothing here. How am I supposed to audit this? How am I supposed to control this? Um, but then when you start to delve into it and you start exploring things, um, the, the features in there, there are some really unique and interesting features. Um, so for example, there's this great little thing called the customer acquisition feature. Um, and that particular feature is is just sat there in the settings. It's probably something that you might not notice, but that allows you to determine whether you're only going to target new customers, whether you're going to target new and existing customers and you're going to prefer one over the other, um, or whether you know, you're just going to do everything the same and you're just going to target everyone in exactly the same way. And so it's a really good way for marketers to think about their business and to think about who they want to attract to their business at any given point um you know if you're for example somebody who has a lot of repeat buying then you don't want to be only targeting new customers if you're a one-off service there is absolutely no need to be targeting people who've already purchased from you because they've already got what you've offered um so so things like that really help you to to get the best out of the performance max campaigns yeah that's really important sorry tim looks like you had a really important thought just there yeah i, I was gonna say i think one of the dangers of something like pmax when people have the option to just sort of set and forget it is that they don't they don't take the time to realize that the time that has been freed up by having to do some of this stuff should be spent on thinking more strategically and big picture. So obviously you're managing the pay-per-click team here at EN that work on PMAX campaigns. How do you think PPC managers priorities, what, what will they be spending more time on now that PMAX has taken care of some of the, I guess, some of the, 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 the sort of basic groundwork? Um, so I'd say, first of all, amazing creatives. So you you want to be investing your time in getting great video um, because if you think you can use the Pmax videos and get conversions, you are sadly mistaken. Um, they, uh, yeah, they um, definitely uh, <laughs> don't come out well. Um, so, you know, invest some time, invest some money in some really great video content, get some really good digital assets out there. So some amazing imagery um, that you can use in the display side of, of the campaigns. Um, use that time to make sure that your merchant feed is up to date um, because you need it to be up to date. Uh, and you'd be amazed at how many people do not up update that. Um, so certainly doing that, but then also as well, really learning about your customer. Look at the things like um, the audience signals that are coming through. So for example, I saw one recently um, for um, a cosmetic surgery um, campaign. And one of the audience signals that was getting really high clicks um, was for people who like to go out and spend a lot of money on like restaurants, nightlife and stuff like that. And so you could utilize that information to set up a new asset group. And, and Google will tell you, you don't need to use this information. Don't worry about it. We already optimized for this. That's fine. But actually use that information in your creatives. So 
create a video that speaks to that audience, create images that speak to that audience and use that to really set yourself apart because everyone else is reading that. Don't worry about it. We've already made this observation and they're going, great, I can sit back and relax, but actually don't sit back and relax. Use that and create. Yeah, I think that's super important. I've seen, we made some beautiful video ads for um, a client who sells highly durable sofas, basically, especially for people who own pets. And these video ads, even though they're user generated, some of them, because they show some animals interacting with the sofas and they're kind of answering a pain point that people would have, well, is this as good as it says? They're super, super useful. And I believe we were running them on PMAX, weren't we? Uh, I believe we have done. And yeah, we've had some real fun with YouTube videos. I mean, it's a really fun thing to do. I love doing briefs for videos, although I don't design them myself, sadly. I've not got that talent. Um, Briefing a video is is really interesting because you, you get in the head of the target audience and you're speaking to them. Um, you know, we've probably all seen that television ad that just sticks in our head. Like I have one about a dog that grabs some sausages from a barbecue and runs off. I could watch that watch that advert for days and days and days. And, and you know, getting that kind of advert that speaks to that person who loves to look at dogs running away with sausages. Um, it's just really fun, isn't it? You know, it's, it's just a, a great way of spending your time. So I think, you know, for me, it's it's like, well, enjoy enjoy that enjoy that um uh that lighter side of marketing and let pete max deal with the the drier elements the stuff that you know you you go zombie-eyed with (laughs) absolutely love that i think tim's got a question that he wants to yeah i was the tuesday club has asked on youtube my business is a bit dry packing supplies how can i make video ads not only exciting but convert well we love dry slash boring businesses at Ian. So, but how can this person make their ads exciting to watch and convert well, Nick? Well, I would start by doing a bit of research on YouTube and think outside of the box. So what do, and that was no pun intended, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do people look at and view? And so you might be looking at it and thinking, okay, well, how can I make box, um, you know, boxes exciting? you'd be amazed at the amount of people that stare at people unboxing things. Mm. You know, have a pass the parcel packaging supply video where you've got great little boxes inside each other and uh, make it ASMR. Uh, Do things that people bizarrely or not bizarrely enjoy watching, you know, what's in the box type ads um, where you've got something that, is in the box um, that people are going to keep watching to find out what is in the box. And it could be anything, you know, it could could be like a stick of chewing gum, Um, but people will watch just to find out what is in that box. Something that will make people want to find out what's going to happen or something that will make people talk, um, you know, or comment or engage with with the ad. But even if, you know, the, the product is, dry you can find a topic that's not dry um yeah Yeah. we we see it with retailers don't we you know they they don't necessarily promote a product they promote themselves and you know when you look at the john lewis christmas ad for example and how excited people get over it and it's a department store it's a department store that's been around forever 
and we we wait with bated breath for this Christmas ad because it's just like, what are they going to do? Um, and the Christmas ad isn't even really about John Lewis, is it? No, not you know, at it's all. They once, didn't they? So I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought of that one earlier when you said you loved a <laughs> with a dog, and I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> There's a dog theme to my ad enjoyment. <laughs> there is, apparently. I did think yeah. about, um, in terms of your ads and this creative, I know we're sort of sticking on this creative thing, but I think it is so important. I think people are really so quick to set and forget the amount of adverts I get on Instagram stories that are just text. And I'm like, you've got a whole screen of video. You have the opportunity to take up the entirety of my phone screen during the six hours a day I spend flicking through people's mundane Instagram stories. You know, why are you not using that to your full potential? Or they'll be poorly cropped or there's all these things. Um, so that's that's why we're sticking on it so long. And sort of talking of kind of dry products or things that really solve an issue, even if it's simple. Um, I think a massive issue, particularly in let's say packaging supplies, like the example here is people are worried about how good the quality is, right? They want to see that their stuff's going to get there on time. So that's exactly what what you can show, not on time, even get there safely. And that's exactly what you can show. There's a phone case company who are always throwing phones off of buildings and stuff. I think they're called Mouse. Yeah. yeah. And and I know Casetify do it with their influencers. They just throw, they tell their influencers yeah. to throw these things. And you could literally put something inside your packaging throw it down the stairs there's a trend at the moment of rolling bottles downstairs to see how long it takes before the bottle breaks okay there's a trend <laughs> for everything and if you can kind of find your way into those trends I know the same person has asked like how do I find those types of video creators and it really is about going on those platforms and watching video if you know you find out maybe not in your case but you might find out that your audience is on TikTok you can genuinely sit and scroll on TikTok and it will bring videos to you. <laughs> you know, same with Instagram Reels, same with YouTube Shorts. Um, in terms of finding creators on other places, for instance, like YouTube to find inspiration, you literally could just type in your keywords, no matter what your business is, and you'll be able to find something. Like when I say no matter what your business is, let me be clear, I spend every night at the moment watching some guy trim cow's hooves there is a niche everywhere, okay? People will watch those videos and it might not even be your target audience, but getting it in front of those people then gets it in front of other people. You know, this guy sells a course, he promotes products in his videos. You know, there's, there's yeah, the possibilities yeah. are endless for any type of business, even if you're B2B, because there's still people in that business who are finding your thing and connecting with you. And it's not just video as well. You can take inspiration from text posts. So for example, for B2B, I know LinkedIn is a huge platform. So what are people talking about on LinkedIn and how can you jump on that in a video? How can you show that in video content as well? Um, there are some people who write significant amounts of text in a, a LinkedIn post. And I think you could take a lot from some of those. Look at the engagement on the posts, which ones you know, are people engaging with and why? Um, look at your own industry, what's being engaged with in your own industry and take from that what you can and make a script. Um, and, you know, scripts are like anything. You can draft them, you can look at them and you can think, no, that's rubbish. And you can go back and redraft and until you get what you want. Ask a brand, does this look good? Does this look sensible? Um, you know, and they'll tell you. Yeah, definitely. 
Nick, just going back to, to Pmax, which I think is where we originally started this. <laughs> <laughs> We've had, I think, a, a variation of the same question a couple of times on YouTube. Uh, what sort of businesses is Pmax? What sort of size businesses is Pmax? And then a uh, long-time listener, Ron, who, by the way, Ron, we've got some very good news about some SGE tests that we've been running for you. Three oh. out of three. More <laughs> to come later. Uh, but Ron says, um, patience needed for Pmax campaigns, even with good images and videos, several weeks before the algorithm starts producing steady conversions. Maybe yeah. you could talk a bit about that process, sort of minimum ad spend requirements and how that has an impact on like timelines. Yeah. So PMAX can't be run on a small budget. You're not going to get great results with sort of a, you know, £10 a day type budget. I'd be aiming for, you know, £50, £100 per day. Um, you need to be happy to have Google go a bit wild for about six weeks um you need to be brave you need to you know that this this is like the the wild stock market of ads um you will see impressions suddenly peak and then drop and then you know mess around the old conversion here and what google pmax is doing is it's it's testing it's constantly testing for you what does your audience like um, you know, how are we going to get people to buy? And to do this, it, it has to show your ads to people that don't buy as well because it needs to know what doesn't work. So if you're not willing to take that time or if you can't afford to take that time, then I wouldn't use Pmax. Um, I would go with a very straightforward search campaign that you've got a lot of control over and you can really hone in on your negative keywords. Um, but what I will say is if you're willing to make that investment, it will pay off. It, it will really pay off. Um, it's just, yes, about the patience, about being able to sit back and look at it and think, okay, right. Um, as long as you're monitoring it and you keep observing it and you keep taking notes. Um, actually, a member of my team joked about having a little notebook. <laughs> You're just jotting things down in every day um, because, you know, there is that much learning in there, you know, looking at different things and as as you go along um, and then use that information. I guess you've got that sort of emotional roller coaster, excitement at the start and then terror and then, oh, if I made a mistake and, oh, it looks good. And, oh. Yeah. And different things as well can completely change it. So we have one campaign and it would not spend, it would not spend the budget and we were like, oh my goodness why isn't it spending the budget and you know the, the specialist working on it was you know changing the uh the rowers cap was you know looking at different elements and in the end we just tweaked um actually we just tweaked the customer acquisition settings and we thought and we said Let, let's test it let's see what happens it went wild a bit for a few days you know impressions went up and conversion rate went down and everything and then it's just settled and it's spending again and it's you know and it's moving forward really well um and yet previously that that setting was working um the previous setting was working and it was working fine until we up the budget uh, and then we had to review it. So you have to keep thinking, okay, every change I make can have a knock-on effect. So I need to keep looking, keep learning and, and keep testing. 
This is a really great example of how AI needs experts to guide it because according to the Pmax AI, you do, you didn't need to spend money and you didn't need to do anything with your ads. Whereas actually there was an untapped market there that just meant changing one setting. So um, yeah, never rely fully just on <laughs> just on Pmax no. alone. Make sure that you're um, you're checking things, which. It gives me a nice segue to talk a little bit about the search generative experience because Tim, you are a big pro search generative experience person. Or you just love to learn about it. You love to do some research. You love to find love stuff out about it. Now, I don't think there are ads actually running in sort of the test version of of SGE, which, by the way, for those who don't know, this is the search generative experience. If you know you can pronounce words properly, unlike me. Um, that produces an AI-generated answer when you ask a question. Um, it appears in a box at the top and it's more tailored. And um, Google have said that there will be ads in there and we've seen some examples of this. So it won't technically be fully AI-generated. There's gotta be some, some elements in there that are gonna be us-generated if it's PPC. But I feel like Tim's, Tim's shaking his head and I feel like you have some opinions, Tim. Oh. Oh, I've, I've got opinions. Nothing, nothing controversial about this, though. <laughs> like, like you said, Google is is testing ads, and it will test ads. Search yeah. ads are 162 billion dollars of its annual revenue, so it's not going to leave ads out of a of a, an SGE generated um, or, or a search results page with ads. We've seen a few different tests from Google so far. So when they announced SG back in May, they showed some examples. They immediately put out a blog saying, you know, reassuring advertisers, don't worry, the ads aren't going anywhere. And they've basically brought people out in every SG presentation since to sort of reassure ads that reassure advertisers that ads aren't going anywhere. When they first launched it, uh, they would show, um, they did some screenshots where they showed shopping ads above the SG results. They showed another screenshot on mobile with shopping ads below the SGE result. Uh, we've also seen them um, run some ads where sometimes you get actual product listings inside the SGE results. So if you search for, I don't know, best cardboard boxes for packaging rhino heads or something, th then they would show products and then they've shown some of those product listings being sponsored. Um, then they last week, uh, someone spotted them uh, with showing an ad for a sponsored for sponsored content in the SG results. So this wasn't necessarily an ad for a product. This was a you know an informational page, which was probably affiliate driven because it was like product reviews. Um, and they were and Google showed that inside the SG result. Now I've, I've not seen that one before. That one could be really interesting because, for example, if you're targeting a keyword like you know best packaging manufacturers and SG gives you an answer and then at the bottom there's a little sponsored link and it says you might find this useful and there's an article like comparing the best uh, packaging companies or things to look out for when you're buying packaging that could be a really interesting approach for advertisers to take because we could advertise informational pages that had a bit of commercial intent into these informational SG searches so we don't yet know exactly what SG is going to look like I don't think that Google has, sorry, we don't let, no, know what advertising in SG is going to look like. I don't think Google has found a winning offering, um, which is why we are not consistently seeing ads in SGE, uh, but they will. And uh, and I think once they do, that's when we'll see them roll out SGE because I think that advertising revenue is too important for them to roll out a big change like this without some sort of ad product in it. Yeah, 
Yeah, we've seen these um, these kind of interesting um, sponsored kind of ads splattered in different formats in Google. So um, the one that springs to mind is, um, oh, I can never remember what they changed it to. I think it used to be called Google Now or it's the, it's the little app that you can get on your phone. Um, which gives you a feed of, of different news articles that you are particularly inter interested in. And you'll find ads in there. And the ads are so relevant. You will think they are news feeds um, that you enjoy. Um, and the amount of times I have clicked on those ads, not even realizing it was an ad, and I'm somebody who works in ads, <laughs> um, but they are so good <laughs> um, because they are so relevant. So I can see that that level of um, learning definitely feeding into SGE. <clears throat> One of the things I've noticed, Nick, is that in a lot of the ad SGE announcements from Google, they'll mention Pmax and they'll find use it as an opportunity to highlight Pmax. Do you think Pmax as an ad product is really well suited to this type of thing because it allows Google to test different display options for certain ads and like you're saying it can target you in the discover feed as well yeah so it, it covers everything doesn't it pmax so um it, it is going to be something that would work well with sge um and i think depending on where sge goes in terms of what it's going to display and how unified it's going to make things how much attention it's going to put towards video for example um it can fit in with that the only thing that i would maybe be skeptical about is how how much kind of informational content we can pull from sge into ads um and and how we move towards more of the top of the funnel stuff because I can see exactly what, well, I say exactly, I'm, I'm not psychic or anything, but I can envision what that platform would look like for commercial and for, for you know, as we get down ready to convert. But when we get towards brand awareness, I'm thinking, okay, how are they gonna support marketers who are, you know, promoting at that scale? And that probably does lead me to think, okay, video maybe maybe we're going to move toward more towards video for informational content and we're going to be using that um display yes possibly again it's it's perhaps not going to be as valuable for an informational standpoint um but uh you see when we think about amazon for example you buy something and then it gives you these recommendations underneath and that you are just looking at an image of a product that you can click on so why wouldn't google start doing that why wouldn't google start going oh you've searched for this and that and this i'm pretty sure you're gonna like this too yeah, so yeah you know uh, i probably kind of answered your question plus there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but I think some some of the examples that Google has shown of ads in SG are, are sort of exactly what you're saying, where someone has been searching for something, they've been a bit top of funnel, and SG's been able to predict that, all right, they're now approaching a stage where they might be ready to make a purchase. There was one example where someone was having a conversation with it about um, learning to surf in Maui, and is it easy for kids to learn to surf? And then it surfaced an ad, which was like surf lessons. Yeah. So it sort of recognize that, okay, this person is now approaching conversion point. 
even though they hadn't searched for surplus in Maui, were able to target them. Maybe they wouldn't have run an ad for, is it easy to teach kids to surf? But yeah. because they knew that the person had already been on that journey, they could surface that ad because it looked like they're about to make a purchase. What's interesting as well is that this potentially helps us with retaining data privacy as well for people. Um, you know, GDPR, data privacy, uh, cookies and, and whether they're going to be gone is, is something that really does scare uh, paid ads marketers. And so with SGE, we're actually just being fed the information uh, in real time. So, you know, we're getting this this first party data and we're able to use that to then advertise to people. And I think that that is going to be something that's going to be really valuable for PPC um, because we are removing an obstacle as such. Um, and we're getting the user to remove the obstacle. And, and it still puts the, uh, the choice in the user's hands. They can choose how much information they're going to give SGE and they'll get back what they give in. So, you know, we, we'll, be, we'll be able to advertise without holding people's data that they don't want to give us <clears throat> yeah and definitely. google wins why does google yeah. always win <laughs> google wins lawyers always win that's just the rule isn't it whatever happens google wins it's more just, indeed yeah i mean marketing's uh been around for years and years and years and i can't see it ever going away now so. <laughs> no not at all not at all um we're a bit short on time, but we did have one question, which I thought kind of ends things quite nicely, which was about this question specifically was, can I use PPC for industrial fasteners? But I think it opens up a wider question of really, is there any businesses that can't use PPC or is it just the way that they do PPC that's important? Well, um, the tobacco industry can't use PPC <laughs> uh, as, as uh, a number of other industries can't use PPC. Um, so if you are interested in whether you legally can use PPC, Google has some really great resources about that. But if you can use PPC, then yes. Um, what I would do is is look at, uh, first of all, I think I would look at search and in particular, if you're new to PPC, start with search. Look at what the keywords cost. Look at your website and consider whether your website really tells people that you are offering these keywords um, and are the keywords gonna be affordable for you? Are they gonna be profitable for you? So you need to really understand, okay, how do I calculate my profit margin? How do I deduct the ad cost from my profit margin? So we have like a, a very in-depth calculator um, that we use where we determine whether an ad can make um, a return on investment. If you're not using a marketing agency, then you'd look at return on ad spend um, because obviously you've not got to think about agency fees. That being said, I think you probably would perform better if you used an agency um, because you're getting someone who's dedicated to it. But of course, you do have to account for that. Um, if you've got a good agency like Exposure Ninja, they'll do that for you. So they'll tell you this isn't going to be profitable for you to run with us um, because we don't want to rip people off. We don't want to lose people money. That gives us a bad reputation. Um, if you have an agency that doesn't tell you that, then work it out yourself. Um, so make sure that you've deducted your management fees. Make sure you've deducted um, your 
uh, investments, your marketing investment, the uh, ads payments, um, and make sure that you are using the correct profit margin. And if you are a lead gen company, make sure that you are estimating very accurately your lead to sale conversion rate as well. Um, you need to keep an eye on your on-site conversion rate as well. So your website conversion rate, you need to make sure that that's as high as possible. So sometimes before we do PPC, we tell people that they need to do CRO on their website. Uh, sometimes we also ask them to do SEO work on their website because of course uh, your on-site optimization can affect your quality score because your website needs to be relevant for the right keywords. Um, Otherwise, Google will think that you're bidding on irrelevant terms and um, you'll end up having to pay a lot more for something that somebody else is getting cheaper. Uh, look at your competitors. So there are plenty of uh, tools that you can use where you can see competitor ad spend. You can also use Google's free tool where you can actually see competitors' ads. Um, so uh, I... I don't have the link to that at the moment, actually. I should have prepared the link to that. But I think if you if you Google Google ads uh, display, um, you'd be able to find it. So it, it shows you um, exactly what your competitors are doing. So you can see whether they are promoting your offering. Search your own keywords as well in Google. See if that's being advertised for. If lots of people are advertising for it, it means it's going to be doing well for them. Uh, so there's so many ways that you can check without sort of jumping in the deep end and kind of spending a lot of money and not getting anything back. Um, but definitely, definitely keep an eye on your figures. Yeah, great answer. Thank you so much, Dave. Tim, do you have anything to add before we wrap up? No, request your free website and marketing review if you are PPC monsters like Nick working on your campaign. Indeed, absolutely. We do love it. We do love a bit of PPC. So we'll be happy to have a look at that for you. Thank you everyone for coming. Thank you so much, Nick, for hanging out with us today. And we'll see everybody next week. See yeah. you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.